hey, you're listening to Chew On That, and here's what we're chewing on today. Have you ever not gotten something that you wanted? I mean, you really wanted it, but for whatever reason, you didn't get it. You wanted that job or that promotion, that house or that car, that guy or that girl. You wanted to have a baby, but you lost the baby or couldn't have the baby. You wanted that part or that opportunity, but for whatever reason, you just didn't get it. Doesn't that trigger something in you? Doesn't it take you back to a time when you didn't get picked for the team or the game, back to the time when you asked her to the prom, but she said no? Doesn't it kill your confidence, make you insecure, almost fearful? So because of that, now you don't go after opportunities. You don't chase your dreams because of that. You just know it's just not going to happen. It's just not going to work out. I want to fight against that feeling today in a message we're calling I'm Confident. My name is Pastor Scott, and you're listening to the Chew on That podcast, where we take and break down and dig deeper into the most recent sermon for the most current sermon series happening at Life Church in Green Bay today. Joining me for the podcast is my friend Roger Benke. Correct. Am I saying that right, Roger? Yep. That's hey, right. not everyone is your best friend like I am, so maybe just tell <laughs> us a little bit about yourself. Um, like Scott said, my name is Roger Benke. Uh, I've been with Life Church uh, for the last two buildings. Uh, helped build this building out. Um, been a Christian uh, in the general sense all my life. It uh, wasn't really until I started working or coming to Life Church that it, uh, it really started to become my life, be part of who I am, and even more so in the last, well, this year. So uh, I've got, oh, I've been married for 33 years. <laughs> Had to think about it there. Uh, three daughters, uh, all and uh, all grown. Uh, the youngest is 28 and I've got four, five grandkids right now and one on the way. So that's awesome. Yeah. A lot of fun. And then you, uh, for a living, you work at Purveya? Um, that's one of the places I work for hospital sister health system in it, basically, uh, instant messaging link Skype, uh, teams, and then, uh, email. So gotcha. I've been doing it since I got out of the Navy in, uh, 98. So got it. And then, uh, for church, you're part of like when we're meeting in person, you're part of the security team. Yep. Uh, and then since COVID you've helped us launch a pocket church. That's true. Uh, that meets on Sunday mornings at the exchange. Yep. Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, it's actually great. It started out with, uh, the exchange actually being open. So there was customers coming in, people serving, uh, coffee and whatever they normally do. Uh, and then because the kids went back to school, uh, we had to close the exchange down, but we still have people coming by from time to time for coffee. So I always invite them to church as well. But, uh, we gather at nine o'clock, uh, service starts at nine. I've got the doors open at eight o'clock and we started doing breakfast in the mornings now recently. And, um, just, really enjoying the fellowship. It's been a real step out for me. Uh, I'm, I, until this year, I really haven't been one to really step out in faith, but in years past, I've wanted to take a, a role more, uh, in the church, in churches that we've been to. And, uh, it, it, this has given me that opportunity. So, uh, it's been awesome. 
Uh, I know when I went through Alpha with you, I always talked about my tank of joy not always being full and having to come in for that. And it's been really cool how, uh, for me, the pocket has really filled that tank of joy. And some days it's just me singing and... that's fine too. So I love that. <laughs> it's awesome. I really That's enjoy so it. Cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, okay. Big crowd, but good stuff. So yeah, no, mm-hmm. I think it's fantastic. Yeah. Okay. Let's, let's jump in and listen to Sean's, um, uh, first soundbite. All right. And I knew that in that game, I was over my head. So I just told him, I said, I just wasn't good enough to go any further, bud. And, and when I didn't make any excuses that created freedom, I had done everything I could do, but I had failed. And it didn't kill me that I had failed. So I haven't been afraid to fail since, haven't been afraid to go all in on anything else since, which allows me to put my heart fully into lots of other stuff because facing failure head on chases fear away. So now that I know failure is never final, I'd rather fail fighting than succeed sitting. You know, um, my whole life, I feel like I came up thinking that failure was final, that, you know, that you, that you just worked at life, trying things at life. And the only way that you got through life is, is by succeeding, by it turning out the way that you wanted it to, or that, you know, that you won. Yep. And so I would go through life and I would, you know, like lose a job or I would, you know, I, I, my wife left me and, you know, like there's all these things that happen. And I thought, how many different ways can I find to fail? Yeah. Right. Because thinking that failure was final. And so like, how many, how many nails can I get in my coffin already? You know? And it wasn't until like late, like in the last five or six years yeah. where I realized that, that failure was just, it's just part of the journey that it's just, it's part of the process. What well, adds to who you are? You know, it's, it grows who you are and it helps you become who God wants us to be, I think. Yeah. You know, it, I was thinking on this and, you know, what life experience I could bring to this or whatever. And, um, growing up as a kid, you're always, you know, afraid to fail because you're going to get in trouble or whatever. And when I was in the Navy, I had uh, my operations officer was a, a fantastic leader and he didn't care if you failed or did something wrong or screwed up as long as there was, you could justify why you got to that point. Mm. And if you could do that, he was behind you all the way. So from that point on, I was, you know, like Sean said, or Pastor Sean said, not afraid to fail. And it really does open you up to just go for it. You know, I mean, there are times where I'm still afraid to go for it, just, you know, more because of like we talk about self-confidence, but, uh, that was for me, it was really a cool lesson in one managing, but also how to help people do better, you know, yeah. not be afraid to try and go outside the box kind of deal. So yeah. pretty cool. It, re- it reminds me of a shirt I saw on Facebook or someplace that says, but did you die? You know what I mean? <laughs> and like, and I love, and I love that, you know, a, it's a cool shirt, but two, like, I love the idea that, you know, unless it killed you. Yep. You know, that's, you're still in. Yeah. You're, right. The game's still, not over yet. Right. There's yeah. game left. Yep. There's time on the clock. That's cool. And so, you know, to think that, you know, I'm not going to try it because I don't want to fail at it. 
is a ridiculous thing. And so I feel like that even sometimes applies to people in their faith mm-hmm. where they're like, yeah, I'm not going to do the faith thing right now because there's no way I'd get it right. Because yeah. they have this idea in their head that if they fail at their faith, it's final. Yeah. And I don't know that you could convince me that that's true. I, I suspect you could make an argument, but I just don't, I just don't feel like, like God knows that we don't have what it takes yep. to do this right. God yeah. knows that we're not perfect. God yeah. knows that we're going to fail. Yep. And he loves us anyway. Yeah. Well, in spite of it, you know, yeah. it, it, uh, I had something there for a minute, but it was gone. That's okay. uh, it, it, it really, if you think about it, we're not saved because of anything we're doing. So, you know, we're constantly failing and he saved us anyways. So why should one more failure count us out? If that's the case, well then, you know, the next one could be it. And that, that's not it at all. That's not how it is. So right. it, uh, so why not? That, that's kind of how. I ended up with the pocket church is when I was working in San Diego in the Navy, I, we were attending Lutheran church and they invited me to, wanted me to help with their children's ministry. And, um, I was always afraid because, you know, I didn't have that background. I didn't have the Bible background. I wasn't trained professionally. And, um, I always said no. And when Sonny was looking for volunteers, when this all started coming about, uh, I said, that's it. I'm going to do it. You know, this would be the third strike that God's offered it to me. I'm not yeah. going to let that one go by. So, uh, yeah, so fun stuff. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I love that That there aren't just three strikes. Yeah, <laughs> thank God for that. Yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> like out of the game he loves time. us no matter what. Yes. He loves us no matter what. Yep. And he's, he's uh, it's endearing to him that we keep trying. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think that's the key. You know, um, my dad's been really struggling with his faith and he, he feels that, you know, is it possible for him to lose it? And I don't think that there's anything that we can do to lose it, you know, short of absolutely, you know, renouncing him and, you know, worshiping Satan or something. It's not because of us that we are with him anyways. It's God's choice. And it's, you know, so I, I, yeah, he knows what we're doing and how much we screw up and just says, okay, next time. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. I dig that. Yeah. In fact, I've discovered there are three types of insecure people. You have people pleasers, fishers, and one uppers. And I've been all of them at some point. So first you have people pleasers and people pleasers will say whatever they think they have to say to be selected. They're, they're the suck ups. Next, you have fishers, and fishers are the people who post a picture of themselves with the caption, I feel so blah today. But they're really just looking for, they're really just fishing for someone to coax them, for someone to compliment them. Then there's the one-uppers, and these are the people who no matter what you do, no matter what you say, they're better. They seem cocky, they seem arrogant, they seem prideful. But I've discovered pride, it's just insecurity in its ugliest form. That's a good one. I like that. Yeah. We talked about it at uh, at the pocket afterwards. And one of the things uh, uh, Dan Williams brought up was a lot of it may depend on uh, your motivation for each one of those, you know, for whatever frame you're in is a people pleaser or a uh, one-upper kind of deal. And so I think a lot of us switch 
back and forth depending on that situation. Not necessarily trying to be the one-upper, you know, put somebody else down to make us look better kind of thing. But uh, I thought it was pretty interesting that he brought that uh, perspective to it, that just because it seems like that, you know, maybe their motivation isn't to make themselves feel better. So it was kind yeah. of interesting. Yeah. Different take. <clears throat> you and I were both in the Navy, and I feel like mm-hmm. when you uh, when you serve like that, for a lot of us, that's the first time that we're exposed to a, a diverse you know, collection of people. Like for most of us, you know, we kind of were born and raised in the same place. Yep. We just, Small you know, town. Yep, or, yeah. You just knew the same kind of people. And yep. so that's the first opportunity to be like, and then you're, you're with those people. You know what I mean? Like, it's not yep. like, you know, like literally isolated with those people. And so yep. like I was in a submarine, so I was that's, literally isolated with 115 people. Like it was just us, you know, and surrounded by, you know, ocean. <laughs> yeah. And so I feel like when Sean talks about these things that, or these ways that we deal with, or work through our insecurity. Like I, I feel like I, I even now, whatever it is, 35 years later, mm-hmm. I still feel like I could tell you the names of the people that were one uppers and the people that were, you know, um, people pleasers, the suck ups. Like it just, it was so clear, yeah. you know, like that's how people operated, yeah. you know? And, and it, I just remember being just exhausted by people. And I know that sometimes like, like Sean said, we all do these things in one yep. form or another. And I probably feel like if there was one that I am, it's probably Fisher, like where I feel like for whatever reason, I didn't get loved enough from my dad or whatever. So now I need love from other people. And if I don't feel like I'm getting it, I like, I don't know, yeah. put the bat signal out and say, love me for a second. <laughs> so, but like, I just feel like, like I just think about like one uppers and like those people that just like, when you say one thing, they're like, well, if you think that's great, let me tell you about the, how this thing happened to me. Or if you think that's bad, let me tell you about this thing that happened to me. Yeah. And people just like, they, as though, as though attention or affection live in a, live in a vacuum. And so if someone gets attention or affection, that means that's a piece of the pie that you're not getting. Yeah. And like, there's an endless supply of pie. And it's especially true of when we talk about how we feel our, our confidence in God, that there's definitely an endless supply, yeah. omnis supply, yep. right. Of that in God, because you know, like you said before, when we were talking about our faith and our salvation and how it's not really up to us anyway, mm-hmm. my confidence isn't up to me either. Yeah. Like, I feel like if I, if I were just relying on the things that I could accomplish or the things that I could lay claim to, that's a short list for me. <laughs> me too. You know, but like who I am in God and what God's allowed me to accomplish or to mm-hmm. achieve or to, you know, be that's, well, that's the story, but it's not even my story to tell. But it's a, but it is a cool story to tell as long as you focus the light on God for that. Yeah. You know, I look back, you know, I'm not that old yet. Some days I feel like it, but <laughs> uh, some of the times in our life where we wondered how we were going to get through things, God was there. And when you look back and see his presence on all that, it just, it just gives you the chills. I mean, yeah. it's just amazing. And, and you know, times where you, how are we going to pay this bill or we're we going to eat or pay the car or whatever. And suddenly it's all taken care of and it just works out. And it's like, wow, just to this day, it still floors me. Uh, some of those times in our life, it's just amazing. And you know, it, yeah, yeah, pretty cool stuff. I just, <clears throat> when I think about it, and people ask me how I can be so confident in who God is or that God is or that Jesus is. Like, I can't point to you to archaeological digs or carbon dating of, you know, cloth or something. Like, I can't point to any of that. 
I just know for sure that I've seen clear examples of his presence and his yeah. blessing in my life, yeah. you know, and it's not, it, there's no other explanation. Now, I, I've never been healed. Like no one's ever touched me on the forehead and I could throw my crutches aside. I've never been raised from the dead. Not literally anyway, yep. but there's been plenty of times where I've been figuratively yes. raised from the dead. And it's, that's how I know. It's almost harder to not believe, I yeah. think, at least from my perspective and what's gone on through my life. You know, yeah. it's just, it would be a huge insult to God to just, no, I did all of this. There's no way I could have. No. You know, it's just, yeah. Yeah, I dig that. Cool stuff. But anytime my life has been submitted to the spirit of God, to the spirit of power or the spirit of love or the spirit of a sound mind, I've never been limited by my own ability. In my own ability, I could never lead this church. I could never have been a part of the growth of this church. I could never love this city, especially in February. I could never in my own ability have been a part of what God's been doing to change this city through this church. But gratefully, God never asked me to live inside my own ability because he is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think according to the power that works in us. So I'm confident because I don't have confidence in myself. I have confidence in my savior. Scripture says, forget about self-confidence. It's useless. Cultivate God confidence. I love that quote. Uh, that was uh, Sean reading out of first Corinthians um, out of the message. And like, I know there's probably a lot of like super hyper spiritual people that would look down their noses at me that I would like read or reference the message, which is a, a translation of the Bible uh, by a guy named Eugene Peterson, who is a really great pastor and just really seemed to have an understanding of the love and friendship of God for us. And so like, I love his translation. So when, when, when Eugene Peterson, you know, refers to, you know, forget about self-confidence, have God confidence. I feel like that fits right in with like how I understand my faith to be because I don't have the ability to finish any of it. I'm not, I'm not kind enough to be as kind as I am. Mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not, uh, compassionate enough to be as loving as I am. Like I, I don't left to my own devices. I fall short in all those categories. Like in any category that matters, I fall short, <laughs> you know, patience and kindness and love and grace Gosh, wisdom for sure. You know, like I think about like left to my own devices, I'm like a, a D, D plus maybe kind of student, <laughs> right? But like there's so many things that, that um, I, I wanted to say that, I, that I'm proud about, but it's even not that, that, I, that I'm satisfied with my performance <laughs> where... It's only because God's my finisher. Yeah, that's cool. It's, yeah. It's really neat how, you know, we can only go so far. And, you know, no matter who you are, what your personality is, we all fall short all the time. And it's because of what, for me anyways, because of what God's done in my life and who he is and, what, you know, just the thought of him dying on a cross for me and each one of those lashes he took was for something I did kind of deal. 
it just makes me want to do better for him because of that. You know, maybe I can save him a lash or something, you know, I don't know if that's biblical or not, but it, it helps me want to be a better person, to be kinder, to f- forgive more often and more freely. It just, this confidence, this was part of the, the sermon that really hit me is, you know, over the years I've been fairly confident in, you know, some of the things I can do, but that was given to me by God, you know, the, the, the ability to learn how to do computer stuff or, you know, home repair or whatever it is, heck, just driving a car, you know, it, it just, God's given me that ability or given us that ability to learn. And it's it just, it shouldn't be our confidence. It should be confidence in how Sean put it, our savior. I thought that was just a really cool quote. I just really liked it, really hit home for me. And I really feel like it, it lets me off the anxiety hook to know that, like, it's not up to me. Yeah. You know, I'm just going to do my best and my That's best cool is going to be enough. You know what I mean? So it lets me off the hook. And so like the, to whether I win or not, or whether I'm the best or not, or whether I'm, you know, whatever or not, not even up to me. Yeah. So I'm just going to do everything I can. And it's like, it's like if you're running a race and it's like a tag team race, mm-hmm. not like a four person relay, but like a, just a two person relay, right? Okay. So short race. It's a short race, <laughs> especially if I'm running it, yeah, then it's a super us, yeah. short race. <laughs> and so I feel like I know that God's the anchor mm-hmm. on my team. And so no matter how well or not well I do, that's cool. Like God's the anchor. God's going to finish it. And like, he'll, I mean, how fast could God be? Way faster than, way faster than me, right. And way fast enough to win. And so like, yeah, I'm going to try my best. I'm not going to like not go out and run. I'm still going to like take my turn, Mm -hmm. but like I I can just, I don't have to be anxious about it because God will finish it. Yeah. No matter what you're going to win. No matter what. Yep. Your team's going to win. Yep. Team God. Team God, me by myself, a failure, right? Destined for failure. Mm-hmm. Me plus God, that's an army, yep. right? An that's un, cool. undeniable, uninvincible, I guess uninvincible is not a word, an invincible. That works. An invincible <laughs> army, right? That's who I am with God. That's cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Very cool. I've got an image of that, the running lap around the track, you know, the first 10 feet is us and God's got the rest. That's it. Got it. It's all yours. Here's the baton. If I'm trying to have self-control, self-discipline or self-respect, it depends on my self. To the point that when I don't have those things, it affects my self-esteem, self-worth and ultimately my self-confidence. So for me, I don't even try to have confidence in myself and I'm not self-deprecating, self-loathing or self-destructive. I just trust in him, depend on him, lean on him. I'm confident in him and you should be too. Sometimes I feel like when I talk this way, that people that don't know God the way that I know God or don't know God at all mm-hmm. will, will uh, like correct me and say, you have to believe in yourself, Scott, like you're, you know, this and that, and you're this other thing. And so don't try to pass that off or give credit to somebody else that, and like, I understand their heart. Yeah. You know, like I, I think about, so like for my professional job, I'm a photographer and I feel like I'm an okay photographer. You're good. But like, pictures are beautiful. But I feel like, like I didn't, like, I don't know. I don't know how to take a picture. 
You know what I mean? Like it's not my good abil- advertising, Scott. My, <laughs> but my ability to take a picture or see a picture mm-hmm. enough to take it, to use my camera to make that photograph. Yeah. Like I, that's not something I developed. No. Like it's not something like I, I mean, yeah, I've had practice doing it now. Well, yeah. But like, either you can, either you can see that or you can't. Yes. And so I would imagine the same is true of anything, like yeah. even in your job, right? Yeah. In IT, that there's this ability that you have, like either you've got that, you know, ability to diagnose a situation yeah. or, you know, be aware of potential problems and then potential solutions that, yeah. I mean, yeah, practice, I guess, helps with that, but there's this innate thing. It's just something. Yeah. It, yep. It's a gift. Right. I, I, the, you know, you bring up photography because my, my wife does it on the side too, and it takes a special eye to see that. And I do believe that's God giving people that have that talent or that skill the ability to see more like he does. You yeah. know, you, you get that, just something about it, just, you know, to guys like me that don't have that uh, ability. Okay, yeah, that's a flower. Cool. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But then somebody that has that and they take a picture of it and actually capture the beauty of it, it it's impressive. It just, it's pretty cool. It's a, uh, those skills that God gives us when we use them really do bring light to the world. It, it's, it's a cool thing. Yeah. And I feel like if I start looking at everything, like it is a gift, like you said, mm-hmm. it's easier for me to give that away. Yeah. It's easier to give away things that don't belong to you. You know, that you got for free anyway. Yeah. yeah. You know, so if you win a hundred bucks and someone asks you for 10 bucks, you're like, yeah, yeah, I just got a hundred bucks. Here's 20. Yeah, 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 for sure. And so like, I feel like if I look at the things that I get from God as a gift, Mm -hmm. it's easier for me to give those things away, which is what God wants me to do. Yes. You know, like I feel like Sean talked about a week or two ago Mm -hmm. about how he has like all this stuff ready to give to us. And if we're good givers with our gift. Yeah. Then he's like, oh, I've got more. Like, there's more. (laughs) And so, like, because he's looking for distributors, right? He's looking for distributors of love and goodness and kindness, right? It's multi-level marketing, right? And so if he, he's looking for someone that's willing to give. Like they've said time and time again, you can't outgive God. You can't. And it's just, it's amazing. When you start doing it, it just, and you end up with more than when you started. Right, right. You know, it's funny in that the biggest example for us, um, before I started the job I'm in now, uh, I was working for IT for a paper company in the Valley and they went bankrupt and ended up being without a job for three months. We had just, uh, refinanced our house. We had car payments for like how, you know, we were living check to check just, you know, only a couple years out of the Navy. So we never really had any savings. We're like, how are we going to get through this? And other than saying God took care of it, we ended up with more money at the end of those three months with me not working than had I stayed working. And I just, yeah. to this day, I don't know how it happened other than to say God did it. Yeah. And it's just, so he gave, you know, we had 20 bucks we put in the collection plate, you know, and that was, you know, a lot that time. And it came back <laughs> and a hundredfold, thousandfold. Yeah. It was just, it, it's still an example I like to use with my kids and just, it just really hit home at how good God is at giving. Yeah. And you know, you just got to trust him. And I feel like he's that way, not just with our treasure, right? The, the yes. treasure that we, you know, but mm-hmm. also like with our time and with our talent. Yep. Like, I feel like he's the same way. He's the same generous God, yeah. not just with money, but, but like 
doubling down or tripling down or whatever tenfold is, yeah. tenfolding down, <laughs> like our talent, right? Like yep. if, he, if he sees that we're willing to be uh, generous with the, with the talent that he's given us, then he'll mm-hmm. give us more talent. And, yeah. He's, and grow and if, it. Yeah. 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 It's, it's cool how, how, and what's really neat is once you start down that path, the more it happens, the more you want it to happen. So it's like, just grows on its own then. You yeah. Know? And, and most likely that's God encouraging us to do it more because yep. we're seeing the results. Yeah. So there's a commercial on the TV right now. I don't know what it's for, which tells me it's not like great of a commercial, but it's this lady and she like, I don't know, she's on the, on her bed with her dog. And then she kind of like wraps herself in her blanket and she rolls off her bed and then through her living room and across her yard and then like through her neighborhood and that cross town. And like, she just keeps gathering all this stuff. You know, like she just keeps wrapping it more and more. She's just really enjoying life and her life is just getting added to more and more and more. And I feel like that's what my faith walk has been. Like that's what my Jesus journey has been. I'm just like gathering more and more Mm -hmm. and more. And it's not always stuff, right? Like you you only need two cars, right? Or you you don't even need that. You (laughs) you only need a roof over your house. And like, but I just feel like there's just so much that's been added to my life and it keeps adding to my life. Like I just feel like my life is fuller, you know, and I... Like you said, I can only attribute that to him. Yeah, it's just amazing how that happens. You know, it, it, well, this pocket is a great example for me. Filling my tank of joy. You know, by by Sunday, as hard as I try, life wears you down. You know, I get in there and I'm gonna get up early and okay, get there and it's just people show up and it's just awesome. You know, yeah. it's just really that's a God thing. You know, so it's really cool. We all say things, do things, or think things that we shouldn't say, shouldn't do, or shouldn't think. So when you do that, your mind fills up with these thoughts. Those thoughts tell you I'm not kind enough or patient enough, loving enough or good enough. And those thoughts, they're robbing you of your security. They're filling you with fear. And you know what? You're right. You're not kind enough or patient enough, loving enough or good enough. But those thoughts, they're not from God because God already knows you're not kind enough or patient enough, loving enough or good enough. And even still, he's not through with you. He's still working on you and in you. The Bible, uh, time and time again, refers to Satan as the great deceiver, the prince of lies, the you know all these things. And when you go back and look in the Bible, because the Bible's not big on Satan. Like it's not, there's not, there's not a ton of Satan there. I mean, there's enough so that we know who the bad guy is, but there's not a ton in there. But every time that he's there, he's not, uh, he's not like causing trouble, like with his own hands. Mm-hmm. He causes trouble by making us think things. Yeah. You know, like I think back to the, like to the original one, right? So like Adam and Eve, everyone knows about that, right? With the apple and like, Hey, did God really say that? Because I feel like (laughs) God just doesn't want you to have this because he thinks then he'll know that you'll be just as good as him. And he convinces us to think things. And so I think about Cain and Abel, right? That was the next one, right? Where, you know, you know, Cain made a sacrifice, but then Abel's sacrifice was more blessed by God and that made Cain mad. And so I'm sure there was a situation there yep. where it was Satan convincing in Cain's head, you're stupid brother. Yep. Why does he get all that? He's got that, he's got those curls and you didn't get curls, <laughs> right? Or he's got that cute girlfriend. I don't know if they had girlfriends then, yeah. but or whatever. At some point right? they must have. Yeah, yeah. they had to have. <laughs> yeah. You know, and so he, Satan like convinces Cain like what a crappy brother his brother is and how much better his life would be without his brother, 
Right? So then he kills his brother. Yep. And he does the same things to us. Like, well, we might not kill our brother. He convinces us that our life could be better if, if only this yep. or if only that. Like, and when he was trying to tempt Jesus, right? Jesus, you know, got baptized by John the Baptist and then went out into the wilderness and mm-hmm. was fasting for 40 days, super weak, right? Then Satan comes in when yep. he's super weak yep. Dumb. And, yep. and tries to convince Jesus of things. Yeah. He doesn't make Jesus do things. No. He tries to convince Jesus of things. And that's how Satan works in each of us. Yep. You know, there's this, we all have an internal dialogue that happens in our head all the time. Mm-hmm. Like there's the, I mean, you might call them your thoughts, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's this dialogue that we're like commenting on our lives in our head about what's happening, right? Oh, that dirty so-and-so. I can't believe he blah, blah, blah. Or I can't believe my wife, she, or I can't believe my mom, she, or my dad, he, or my whatever. Mm-hmm. And so we have this dialogue in our head and this is where Satan works. Yep. To convince us that, well, if it weren't for this, then I would have this other thing and my life would be better. So what will it take for me to get that thing? And then we don't even care. We don't care if it's right or wrong what we're going to do, but we're just going to try to fix that thing. And that's how Satan wins in our lives. It's just a little bit at first, and then it just spreads out and more and wider. And next thing you know, you're on the wrong trail. It, uh, yeah, it's, yeah. And that's, I just... You know, and so when, when Sean talks about, you know, how we can convince ourselves, I mean, yeah, we're kind of convincing ourselves, but it's really, you know, that's how the enemy works in our minds. Mm-hmm. And so when we're God confident rather than self-confident, I like that, you know, then I, 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 I it's not up to me, right. you know, and there's been plenty of times Roger, where I've, I've been in a battle in my mind and where I've recognized that it was Satan, the enemy, mm-hmm. right? On a spiritual level, yeah. like trying to like sabotage my life. And where I've prayed, I've sworn at yeah. Satan in my out loud, in yeah. my room, yeah. right? Well, you have to sometimes, yeah. you know, you don't want him smothering you with his right. evil, you know? It, you'd have to stand up to that. And there was a situation oh, a decade or so ago um, I was at my brother-in-law's house and I woke up and couldn't breathe. It was like there was something pressing on my chest. Mm. And the only thing I could do was uh, ask for God's help. It was, you know, and I started saying the Lord's Prayer. And at first it was a struggle and then slowly but surely it started to get easier. And that to me, that's like, how the devil does things. He's pressing on us, pushing us, and just trying to get us to, in that case, he, I, he wanted me to do something, I guess. I don't know. But he wants us to just veer off a little bit from God. And, you know, okay, well, that's all right. You know, that, that, he won't be upset with that. And then just move on a little bit further. And, you know, like I said, next time, next thing you know, you're not even on the right road anymore. Yeah. You know, you're going the other direction. And yeah. it's not, not where we need to be going. So. I'm not trying to, like, overstate uh, our experience in the Navy, but like, you know, when you, I was on a submarine, Roger was not on a submarine. He was on aircraft uh, carrier for a little while, but I was in Airedale. Yeah. I was on the fun side. That's awesome. Like, so (laughs) like almost, yeah. Anyway. So, but my, my best friend on the boat was a guy named Jared, Jared Sherwood. He's, uh, I think he owns a bar now and just outside of Portland. Anyway. Um, so, but uh, he was a quartermaster. And so like his job, you know, was to work with the, uh, 
navigation officer, the nav, and you know to like make sure the boat is going in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And so he would he would chart the course, you know, to get to wherever we're going. And then as the most junior person on the boat, my watch when I had to, when I had watch was the, as a helmsman plainsman, which was the guy that steers the boat. Okay. So uh, there, of course on a submarine, there's ups and downs and lefts and rights, yep. right? And that's not just like a surface boat yep. or so ship, I guess. Ships Forwards. are the things that are on top. <laughs> Boats are what we call the things that go underneath. Anyway, and so, but the helmsman planesman, like one guy would be in charge of making sure that we were going up and down the right way, and the other guy would make sure we we're going left and right the right way. And so, but you always had to mind your course, mm-hmm. right? Like, like if you if you're one degree off on a three hundred sixty degree course, yeah. right? Like. In a minute, it's no big deal. Yep. For an hour, you know, that's you're, a big deal. You're in Fiji. Right. You know what I mean? Depending on how fast you're going or yep. how long you let that go, yep. the wrong direction still the wrong direction. Yep. It might not seem like that big of a deal. Like, oh, I'm at 358 instead of 357. Yep. Well, you know, yeah. if I do yeah. that all night for Whatever. my whole watch, yeah, you know, eight hours later, wait, we're where now? So I feel like our thing with God is the same way where like... He's got a he's got a path for us, and he wants us to go in the right direction. We might mm-hmm. think that, well, it's, I'm just a degree yeah, off. It's here. close, yeah. right? Yeah. So that might be fine for a day, yeah. You know, but eight eight days later or whatever, yeah. yep. right? Now you're way off course, yeah. And so, um, I don't know. But even then, like, I feel like he's not gonna like we're not getting fired for that. No, we're not done. You know, yeah. It's just okay. He's like, oh, here's your new course. Yeah. Right, like you're you you know you're this far off. Here's the new course. Yeah, Let's here's just go how you get course. back. Yep. Right, yep. steer you right back and draw gives you the, the new setting. And yep, yeah. that's it. Get your six tent out. Sextant. Sextant. Yeah. Sextant. Yeah. If Not a six stars. No. A six tent is a person <laughs> that six person tent. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, a sextant I think is something that old sailors would use to navigate by the stars. Yep. It was like the scopey thing with some like protractor thing on it. How that worked. I don't know no how it works. I'd like one. Yes. It'd be cool to have like an old yeah. brass one. That'd yeah. be super yeah. cool to have. I don't Must know. Must be the Navy in us or something. But yeah. yeah, you know, anyway, cool stuff. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. That's it. That was cool. This went really fast. Yeah, it seemed really quick. Wow. I don't know. Anyway, so you have to come back to do another one then. I would love to do that. Because I really enjoyed fun. that. I'd be more relaxed next time. Yeah. No, you were great. It was fantastic. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. I, I enjoy being able to share my faith and talk about my faith. It, it's It was something you said, actually. Oh, one of the first times, I think it might have even been through one of the growth track, growth track classes, and that our faith shouldn't be just a Sunday thing. Yeah. And that really hit home for me. And ever since then, I've been trying to make it not just a Sunday thing. And it's, it's awesome. I love it. It's yeah. just very cool. And it's not me. It's, you know, it's the people God's put around me. It's a God thing, but it's, it's a cool thing. I love that. It's fun. Yeah. I don't think there's any more I could say after that. <laughs> That's fantastic. Hey, you guys, thanks for joining us for this episode. Please share it with someone that you feel like might be able to benefit from these words. You can always subscribe to these podcasts uh, by visiting us on any of your favorite podcast platforms, Apple, Google Play, um, Spotify, we're all those places. And so we'd love to have you as a subscriber so you never miss an episode. Uh, Until next time, uh, thanks for being around and God bless you.